We are back. Welcome back to the Flat Out RC podcast, a podcast where we talk all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis, and drones. My name's Andrew Sill, coming to you from the land down under in Melbourne, Australia. Big welcome to everybody listening abroad. I know there's plenty of you in the US and in Europe. And for those in Europe, we've, we've got someone that you probably know of if you're in the, uh, especially in the aerobatics flying scene. Our special guest today is Sasha Ciccone. The man from Italy, uh, I met him many years ago, now, 2019, uh, in China. We were at the uh, China Top Show together as judges. Great guy. I finally managed to pin him down and get him onto the podcast. So we're going to hear Sasha's story very shortly. But before we get to that, let's take a look at what's been on my mind. Well, here in Victoria, we are still in the midst of a lockdown, uh, unless you live in regional areas, which I don't. But fortunately, I don't mind being locked down when the weather's really bad because I can't go flying. I'm not missing out on anything. And and today, the weather's pretty poor. Uh, it's not that great at all, really windy. So uh, I don't have an issue. Um, I've got other things to keep myself occupied. So that's what I've been doing. I did get some planes out, clean up a few things. Uh, you know, there's always something to tinker with, really, we aeromodelers. It's not as if we've got nothing nothing to do. So hopefully we'll get good news later this week that we'll be able to get out there and get back to the flying fields as the regional areas have been allowed to do. But uh, what's been on my mind, uh, the, the perpetual question of uh, when is too many planes too many? Uh, my mates already know what I say about that because I'm always hounding them about not buying another model aeroplane. And it's, it's, it's a really complex thing. Uh, I think like anything... Uh, we always say everything in moderation is good. And I've seen a lot of people uh, go overboard, spend money that they probably shouldn't have spent on model airplanes. That becomes a problem. Uh, sometimes I've seen people spend too less, you know, too, not enough on airplanes and buy pieces of rubbish. I mean, I had a, had a uh, chat with a, with a, uh, a whole bunch of us got on the sim the other day and a bunch of kids and stuff from the local flying club and I was having a chat with them about, you know, get rid of the rubbish and buy good stuff. So have less aeroplanes, uh, but have good stuff so that, that you enjoy flying, that's maintenance-free, that is reliable, that you're confident you know how it works, and then work on your flying. You know, when you're young and you don't have copious amounts of cash, well, you've got to be smart in what you're investing. And often we find that the kids will go for the the 10th the, the hand model that's been crashed three times and then it's already falling apart when they get it, and they have to spend more money keeping it flying, and then it ends up crashing, and then they lose it, and then they've lost their money on it, and then they try to get something else, and it's another clunker, and and the cycle keeps on going until they get a job and start buying their own, their own gear. So I was sort of encouraging them to, well, have a look at you know the 30 models, or the, not even that. Say you've got 10 models sitting there, 10 models that are all pieces of rubbish. Well, why don't you go and buy two really good planes or one really good plane that – you know he's going to be awesome and then just uh, you know, practice your, your, the skill of flying with that model and then uh, later you can start buying more. So I think, uh, yeah, everything in moderation. Um, we don't want to be like gamblers that can sometimes get addicted and keep on spending and, and you're the best judge as to whether you can afford it or not. Uh, and I think that question of affording it or not is not just about how much money you make but uh, – how you weight certain things in your life, you know, like are you putting more emphasis on purchasing model aeroplanes and not, you know, looking after your family effectively or doing stuff with them or 
you know, paying for health insurance as an example. You know, do you do you put more weight on buying another model airplane, or do you put more weight on uh, making sure that your family can be supported medically in their time of need? And uh, if you can do everything, and you got a massive shed, you can pay for everything. Keep on buying more airplanes. Personally, my the way that I run my purchases with model airplanes is I I spend enough to be uh, to make sure that my planes are reliable. But as I sit today, there's not one model airplane that I'm interested in buying. I'm satisfied with what I've got, which I think is a great thing to be. At some point in time, we have to be satisfied with what we have. Uh, otherwise, we'll constantly be chasing another model thinking that that will solve our unhappiness and often it doesn't uh and so i'm really happy with my models uh, I, i've got 200 cc aerobatic models i don't actually need to so I, I try not to have multiples of the same thing so my hanger pretty much looks like 200 cc's uh a, a scaly aerobatic high wing stole plane 30 cc i've got a 30 cc extra aerobatic plane um I've got the jet. Uh, so, so far, that's all different categories, except for the 100 cc's. Um, gliders, again, different categories of gliders. I've got an F5J and then some DLGs. I was in the fortunate position that I actually got a number of models for free when I had Flat Out RC the magazine. And so they were given to me for review, including the DLGs that I've got and some foamies and stuff like that. So, um, and people might think that's a wonderful position to be in, that you get given these these models, but they actually cost me money. Even though they were free, often I'd have to buy the servos or motors and things like that, time to put into the model. And then when I did the review, I had to pay for the space. You know, that was about $170 a page to print of the magazine. So I put the, I put the uh, you know, four to five to six page review. Well, it did cost me money because I had to print it. Uh, and... And sometimes making the return by sales and stuff like that was pretty, pretty tight. Uh, I always said that it would have been cheaper for me to just go and buy the models if I wanted them. Uh, and when you get given stuff, sometimes it's stuff that you, you know, it's not your personal preference. I, I was given a number of different models where I had them and um, it's just like, okay, I'll do a review on it, but it's not my kettle of fish. So I did sell some, or I'd give some away, um, you know, to the graphic designer that helped out. And I'd give him a few things. Um, just as, as a thank you, that uh, you end up having all this stuff. And a lot of it's ended up in my holiday house, in my second house, and uh, sitting underneath the house because I just don't have the time to use it all. And I moved some of those foamies out to, to fly down there. Um, so there's, yeah, we've all got way too many. I'm guilty of it. So you call it, you be the judge. But you know, if you're a friend of mine and you ring me up about saying you want another model aircraft, you can probably guess what I'm going to say. Do you really need another one? This is the fifth cub you've got. Do you really need another cub? I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit rational or something. Anyway, do what you like. Well, guest time now. And again, I have a great guest in Sasha Ciccone. Sasha is a guy that comes out of Italy uh, he's known as one of the best aerobatic pilots in Europe in both IMAC and uh, freestyle aerobatics. Uh, met him in China at the China Top Show, as I mentioned earlier. He was a judge with me in 2019. Uh, we had a ball. Um, Sasha came into that event as a judge because Ido Sege couldn't make it. He was in Thailand on a holiday at the time. Uh, 
and uh, and we and our good friend over in China, frankly, who said to us, "Is there anybody else that we can invite to be a guest judge and do demo flights?" And and Martin Brandmuller was good mates with Sasha and said, "Sasha Jaconi." And I said to Martin at the time, "Is Sasha a good guy? Because we have a great time when we go to China. Is he going to fit in with us?" And he said, "He is great," and he was he just delivered. He was an awesome guy, uh, and we had a good time. So I finally got Sasha on, and as I said, he's 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 a top iMac pilot in Europe, uh, if not the best at the moment in competition and also in freestyle flying. You'll hear a lot about what he's been up to during lockdown and his model building service and that kind of thing. But here is a guy that is uh, in his uh, sort of mid-20s, very committed to aero modeling and, and competing at a very, very high level. So I love talking to these great guys that happen to be really good pilots as well. So here's my chat with the one and only Sasha Ciccone. Well, it's a pleasure of mine to have a good friend and our first guest on the podcast from all the way in Italy, sort of my homeland the kind of way, and my dad's side of the family. Sasha Ciccone, thank you for joining me. Thank you too, Andy. Hello to everybody. Well, Sasha, I met you in, in China, and we'll talk about our China experience, and you've been to Australia, and and everybody loves you here in Australia. So I had to get you on the podcast so we can talk a bit more and, and see what you've been up to. But before we do that, how did you get started in model airplanes? Okay, so uh, like the major uh, flying modeler, uh, my passion is a family passion. Then uh, for this, I'm exactly the third generation in this uh, RC world. The first one, it was my grandfather, Lois, Lois Cicconi. Uh, it was a, a full-scale pilot too. Then uh, go to my father and to me. So you, you, uh, had, you had no choice. Yeah, <laughs> it's not correct because, yes, of course, <laughs> I was uh, born in this, uh, in this world, RC world, but uh, it's wrong to say that I was pushed. Because uh, it's uh, a real passion that I feel uh, inside me from 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 the start. Uh, I, I, I can't explain it really well with the words, but uh, so, sincerely, I I never thinking to make uh, something else. Uh, for me, mm. this uh, just this. <laughs> yeah. And so you started yeah. you started flying at what age? How old were you when you first started flying? I. I, I I was been in the RC field from the my first week of life for mm -hmm. me, <laughs> but I started to fly alone with myself at six six years old. Okay, and what were you flying? What kind of plane? Now, uh, uh, I, Back then. it was uh, yeah, it was a uh, uh, auto building plane uh, built from my father. Complete uh, build from the, the design and build it. It was not a kit, mm. like a real air modeler. No, yeah, uh, yeah, my yeah. father. It was really good for this. And and so and that was nitro powered. What kind of engine? No, it was uh, is uh, like a train uh, training plane. No, yeah, it's really basic. Uh, it was uh, one meter and fifty wings. Yeah. Uh, wingspan and uh, it was a glow engine like a 7cc you know 
uh, it was really a nice plane for, for me it was uh, something of crazy i was really in love with the, of this plane and i still have it this plane is still in my in my hangar yes and uh, i decided to to keep uh, safety without flying anymore i don't want uh, any more fly with this yeah no no that's a you've got to keep that plane and then did you find that you you were was easy for you to fly or did you have to practice a lot? Uh, since it was uh, almost uh, immediately easy to fly, I, I, if I remember well, it, after two months that uh, my father put, uh, put my, the, my radio on the hand, uh, I was uh, already um, capable to fly without help. Uh, just the landing, you know, needed a little more practice uh, at the start, but uh, doing the fly, it was immediately easy. But um, it's, it's, it's funny, these things, because uh, for many years, I fly this type of plane, uh, that it was not an aerobatic plane, of course, it was a basic airplane. For many many years, without uh, training uh, any type of aerobatics, uh, still still fly, still fly, fly without uh, t- without training something else. <laughs> and then, so we know you as one of the best aerobatic pilots in the world, really, uh, especially in <laughs> Europe. You know, I've seen you fly, but everybody loves seeing the way that you fly. And when did how did you get started in aerobatics? What 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 led you to aerobatics to get involved with that? Then, uh, like I told you before, uh, for many years I've uh, I don't uh, tried nothing in aerobatics uh, or something else. Just uh, one day, my father uh, I've asked me if uh, I want to do the. Um, aerobatic some competition not aerobatic competition but just some competition or just some air show Mm. Uh, i was really young Uh, i remember it was uh, almost nine or ten years old at my age when they asked me and uh, at the start uh, i wasn't uh, interested because uh, i this type of competition it was for me like for just for uh, adult people, not for child uh, or, or kids. Then uh, when they ask me the first time, I say no. <laughs> uh, after after my first air show, no competition, I sure it was fun for me. Uh, then I tried the, to do some small uh, contest uh, near to me, to my home. It, it was a, a precision aerobatic competition. But uh, at the start, the precision aerobatic, it was not my favorite type of flight, no? Really? Then, uh, yeah, at the start, no. It was boring for me at the start, and uh, I wasn't uh, make any type of training of this. The results it was that uh, this first competition for me, it was really bad with uh, really bad results. And for me, I don't know, in that moment, something is, it's, it's happened. So it's a spark. It's moving me home because after this bad result, I feel, I felt really bad inside me. 
because uh, you know when you do what you love do but you get so bad results it's a really bad feeling mm. then from from that moment i started to practice to make a perfect flight in precision or every another type of flying then it was started in this way and so and, and what kind of plane were you flying at that stage in that competition it was uh, like FAA, like FAA plane. Uh, it was, but uh, it was an old FAA plane. I mean, uh, it was uh, FAA from uh, nineteen ages. Yeah, ninety ages. No. Yeah. Yeah. So it was so. Did it fly fast? Because a lot of those old yeah, FAA yeah, planes really, they fly really, really fast. <laughs> really fast yeah. and for me it was funny because my first love uh, type my first type of flight uh, it was the fast flight with the speed i love the speed then uh, when i make my first experience uh, fly fast it was fun for me fast and low <laughs> it was my my target but uh, after the pushes for this the pushes in but it was a little bit boring for me because you fly far and high you know? uh, you make always the same maneuver at the start and then for this it was not interesting for me uh, then i have discovered the the freestyle of course it was a little more fun <laughs> well, how did you discover freestyle uh, I discovered because uh, my father and my mother, it was going to the tournament of champions in Las Vegas in 98. Really? Yeah. That, that uh, was when the tournament of champions was really good. Yeah, it was. Uh, for me, in Fornotre, for me, I was too young to make this type of trip. Then uh, me, I remind me at home. And my father and my mother going into Las Vegas with uh, the Italian pilot of uh, that ages that it was Sebastiano Silvestri, you know? Yeah, Seba. Um, Seba, yeah. Uh, and uh, when I, my parents was there, I make a movie and filming of the event, you know? And when I came back home, um, I watched this movie and see these gigant giants plane not that for yeah. the ages was giants yeah make this maneuver on the sky so it's like unreal for me i never seen nothing like this and when i saw for the first time these things uh, it was like a dream for me i uh, i i wanted to try the same things, but uh, you know, my planes of that ages it was a little bit different from uh, the the plane of TOC. But uh, then I started all of from this. That it's it's funny how whenever I talk to somebody that likes freestyle aerobatics, it always started from seeing somebody else with, and a lot of the time it's from a video. And you watch a video yeah. and you see. That's amazing. My experience was seeing Ido Sega fly. He turned up to the flying field that I was at. This is just after he won the 2011 EXFC and he was looking oh, yeah. for a club to join. He started flying and we all just stopped and looked and went, 
that is just amazing. And I then sold a lot of aeroplanes to just focus on trying to do something like Edo, which I've never been able to do. But I just <laughs> all I wanted was aerobatic planes to try and fly, you know, freestyle 3D. And um, but yeah, that that seeing that for the first time and something inside of you that says I need to do that, that is just amazing. And I still I always tell everybody I love aerobatics and I love freestyle because to me it's it's a it's it's like a it's like doing a dance. It's like dancing in a kind of way and creating a performance. So it's it's not just about yes, the flying exactly. as well. Now, so then you saw that you saw that video and then you decided you want to do it and of course you started to do it. Now, I'll fast forward a lot. You ended up you are one of the best freestyle aerobatic pilots, especially in Europe. Uh how much dedication, how much commitment did you make to freestyle flying? How much practice did you do? Then uh, the freestyle flight uh, for me, it's, uh, uh, it was the first love, of course, uh, of the competition. But uh, it's uh, discipline, like the precision aerobatic. For me, there is no different of dedication. Because uh, for make a really good routine, good freestyle flight, uh, you need a lot of practice and a lot of test. Uh, and for me, uh, um, for me, the real freestyle flight is it's with the music. It's not just a freestyle without just just for smackdown flight like now a lot of young pilots do. But for me, the freestyle real freestyle flight it's with the music. Because uh, it's a real discipline. Because um, you must uh, keep uh, the rules. Uh, you must respect uh, some criteria, important criteria. It's like a precision aerobatic. A lot of people say that uh, the freestyle uh, flight with the music is uh, subjective. I'm not uh, agree of this uh, of this type of idea because uh, these are rules and criteria like the precision aerobatic to respect then uh, the dedication and the practice need uh, the same level uh, that's mean a lot of practice uh, actually yes practice with the uh, um, for precision aerobatic it's a little more easy because uh, you must uh, keep uh, it's more easy uh, not more easy for sure but <laughs> It's more easy to do because uh, you go to the field uh, and uh, you must take the same flight every time. For the for the freestyle flight is the same, but uh, you must uh, pay more attention because uh, you fly low and uh, you have more risk with the plane uh, for the structure and uh, everything else. Yeah. Well, I, I think the. Um also with freestyle, look, when you go and fly, say, iMac, you get given a piece of paper that says, here, go and fly this sequence. Uh, and, of course, sometimes you have unknown manoeuvres as well. But in freestyle, you're told, go and make up a sequence, go and make up a routine that yeah. is to music for four minutes and meet this criteria. So you need to create something like, you know, you know it was interesting when we were in China how one of the exercises that was given to you and Martin Brandmuller as demo pilots, you were given the same piece of music and told to create a, a, a flight around it and, and see how people interpreted that music. And that was an excellent, and we all had a lot of fun with that, but that was an excellent, uh, you know, 
showcase to the other pilots there of how creative you can be in a flight because both of you flew quite differently um, to the to the music. But I think that's one of the things that because I love music and playing music and writing music and things like that. That's what I love about the freestyle that it's 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 a big performance and and. I always thought that Edo was very good at putting together routines to music. And sometimes, you know, there were, may have been better pilots sometimes, but I still thought that Edo could could fly to music better than most people. He had a very strong connection. Oh, with yeah. It. Um, and, you know, and a love for that 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 four-minute freestyle as well to music. Did you practice on the simulator a lot? Uh, since really I don't like so much the simulator because, uh, yes, uh, it's easy and uh, uh, can make uh, help, but uh, I don't like because uh, you don't uh, never feel the same uh, situation, you know. Uh, I I I like uh, always uh, practice more on the on the real than on simulator, but it, it's a help for sure. It's helpful to test some new maneuver with. Uh, Especially, it's help when I make the music routine. When uh, I when I decide what what uh, music use in, with what maneuver, and if I want to add immediately the results, then this help. And then I use it a lot. Yes, but when I finish the freestyle routine, uh, it's that it's complete my flight, uh, my my sequence. I want to just try on the real because uh, when you are in the real with your plane, um, you see this every time something to change a little bit, things to make uh, perfect. Uh, the 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 feeling with the wind too because uh, like every flight, the wind, the action, uh, it's important. Uh, like the in the precision sequence. And the same for freestyle. I think one of the ch- biggest challenges I see with freestyle to music is timing. That the plane has to be somewhere at the perfect time for the sequence. And when you throw in the wind and different conditions, you then have to be able to change so that you can make sure that the plane is where you planned it to be at that point in, yeah. in, the, in the music and, and being able well, – there was a, a guy that I was helping here in Australia who was just getting into freestyle and I helped him with selection of music and just talking about some of the things to be mindful of when flying freestyle. And uh, one of the challenges that he found, he, he, he developed the, the routine on the simulator but then moving it to the field in real life with the music, getting the timing together and making sure that – you were hitting your spots where you needed to hit them at the right time is, is you know, that's where the practice and, and the repetition, I think, really, really helps. Yeah, you. exactly. How important is it uh, when, you're, when you're to be really comfortable with your aeroplane? So, you know, are you using the same aeroplane for practice and competition or do you have different aeroplanes? Well, yeah, uh, in fact, this uh, type of feeling is decay. It's really decay because when uh, you do for make uh, the perfect uh, routine uh, sequence, you must make the sequence uh, uh, made just for your plane or for the plane that you you will use. Because you know, uh, actually now there's a lot of good plane. Uh, there are um, 
tend to fly really well then and easy to fly but every you know every type of plane have a specific characteristic and uh, every is a point of force and point of uh, loose then uh, when you i make a freestyle routine uh, sequence uh, i study the maneuver that my plane make uh, better and uh, i try to put uh, every uh, all of this maneuver on the sequence not uh, it's really difficult you know make a sequence of freestyle because uh, yes it's four minute fly but uh, in this four minute uh, in my opinion it, that is uh, you never been uh, easy to make uh, every single maneuvers different uh, for, to the others. Ma must it must uh, be in a repeat, repeat? Never. Every single movement that the play make in the sky must be with the song and with the music. That this is my uh, opinion for a good freestyle fly then it's difficult to make it. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. When it comes to the aeroplane, what, what flying characteristics do you like to have in your aeroplanes? Simply, uh, my favorite characteristic is that uh, the co a good competition plane uh, must have been an uh, aggressive plane, but uh, must be more uh, easy to fly and more soft little bit soft not so so heavy or soft of course but uh, must be uh, easy to control in every type of uh, uh, of the flight and the maneuvers therefore this uh, uh, until well, last year and two years ago i have been flying a bigger plane in the freestyle flight that it was the my sukhoi krill sukhoi of uh, three meter wingspan it was a it was a really nice plane for this because it was a really stable and fixed plane on the hair that uh, helped to make more precision the maneuver. But of course, it was uh, more big than uh, normal usual uh, plane that used now because now the the generation new generation use a smaller plane, more aggressive, more fast, but. Uh, it's more difficult to, to fix it on the air for make a good precision flight. Um, especially in the aggressive maneuver that uh, the plane is pushed at the limit sometimes uh, is not uh, go outside yeah. of the maneuver. <laughs> so, so you now, yeah. so what about now? What, what planes are you flying now? Actually, now I have tried to move uh, to this new generation um, type of style. Uh, I, uh, with the Krill model for the freestyle flat, we have um, modified the, the laser, uh, a new laser plane that is not uh, a 3 meter plane, but a 2.8 wingspan plane. Then it's a little bit smaller but it's bigger than 2.6 uh, plane. It's a, a medium size, we can say, that uh, make the plane uh, 
aggre- more aggressive for the new type of uh, fly, freestyle flight, but still uh, make a really good uh, precision and st- stability on the flight. I have, te- I have tested uh, this new plane exactly two, two days ago. Uh, it was really good Uh, the first impression it was really nice then uh, i i'm looking for making more flight with this so what what um what's what engine are you using in that i still use a big engine uh, 117 cc engine in in specific uh, the new dla and or the zdz uh, 180 CC, a really big engine with a smaller plane, but for, you know. Then you need that. We find that we saw that happening with, as you said, the the freestyle flying has become more aggressive. And so you need that power to weight. You need that extra power in that smaller airframe to be able to to do those maneuvers. So it sort of, it does make sense. But um, that Krill laser is a beautiful looking plane. Yeah. But you're sponsored by Krill, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sponsored pilot, and uh, sometime like uh, in this occasion, like the laser and the ultimate B plane, we I collaborated with them. Okay. For make uh, this new project uh, for competition flight. Uh, it's, uh, what else? What tell us a bit more about some of your sponsors, some of the other gear that you're using? What about servos? My my servers are MKS servers. Uh, for me, it's one of the best uh, servers on the market now. Not just because it sponsored me, but uh, uh, since it's a really high quality, really powerful and strong servers. Have they been very reliable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they're really reliable and they're really fast too. Some, but my favorite servers from MKS is the, actually the new um, HBL 388. That is uh, 66 kilos of uh, thrust of power. Oh, really? But uh, it's, not, it's not the fastest servers. It's a little bit slower. But uh, since uh, the fast servers uh, is not so necessary in a competition flight because uh, at the end, uh, you don't move the sticks so fast uh, in less than one second. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's true. The uh, yeah, the MK S servos are really. Um, I don't know where they came from because they're still relatively new on the scene. But as soon as they came into the market, all the three D flyers and the the freestyle flyers went towards the MKS servo, uh, you know, option. But um. What about radio gear? What are you using for radio? I'm using the Futaba. Uh, I, I started to fly at six years old with a Futaba. I, I always fly fluid with a Futaba. <laughs> and you're mode two, aren't you? What, sorry? What mode do you fly? You mode one or two? Ah, mode, mode one, mode one. See, see, it's funny because Australia has a lot of mode one pilots. You know, when you... you when you go to a flying yeah, field, sure. that when you go to a flying field and you want to learn, they say, "Oh, you got to be mode one." I learned mode two <laughs> because I started flying <laughs> helicopters, and mode two made more sense to fly helicopters. 
But uh, so yeah, that you should you you fit in well in Australia flying mode one. And uh, yeah, so the yeah. propellers you using Falcon propellers or what's your choice of? I using Magic Magic Mezlik. propeller, Magic yeah, and and GMB canister. Oh yeah, JMB. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I Always have. from Czech Republic, both of them. It's amazing in the Czech Republic how many good uh, model aircraft yeah, parts they make. It's yeah, it's it, crazy. Yeah. Well, people don't realize how much how many good things come out of that country. And now, <laughs> speaking of that country, uh, you've competed at the EXFC a number of times, haven't you? How many times have you been yeah. to EXFC? Uh, since I think to be the only one pilot in the world to have competing in every type of XFC competition. Oh, really? <laughs> in, yeah, yeah. In, the, in, in France at FXFC, at the European XFC in Czech Republic, in USA at the, XFC, the regional XFC, and in Spain too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah it was really fun uh, fantastic how have you like at the axfc what was what's been your best result my best result it was the podium uh, third place in 2015 and to the end in the last one too in 2017. is that when martin brandmuller beat you yeah oh. yeah uh, Ma martin in 2017 had a win and me third and 2015 martin it was second and me third that's okay because you're a good friend with Martin. And, oh, yeah. And I'm, so as long as one of our, you know, one of you is on the podium, I'm happy, you know. Um, who do you think your biggest competitor Absolutely. has been? Who's the strongest competitor that you've had to compete against? My strongest competitor? Yeah. Uh, I think it's Martin because it's, it's funny because uh, every type of contest that we do together, we are always, always so close. And uh, every time, uh, uh, maybe he win and me second or third. The the, the next uh, competition, I win and he second or third. It, we are so close every time. We have so, it's fun. It's fantastic things because we are so f um, friend uh, with with them because we do always together all type of contest. We have done a lot of uh, contests together. Uh, XFC uh, and um, IMAC contest too. It's more IMAC than XFC, and uh, it's fantastic. In fact, like you told you, have you told um, when I win and he, he, he's a second, for example, he's happy. He he's happy for me, and the same is uh, for me when it is the opposite uh, things uh, because we are so friends. Yeah, and that's the thing. You, you went to XFC together, and lots of stories about traveling together and staying together, and that kind of thing. The how did you find going to XFC in the US versus uh, in Europe? What were the you know? There's differences in flying styles, but how did how did you tackle or handle going to the US? It's a really different uh, different award that we can say. <laughs> Especially in the type of flight, you know, in US uh, we usually not fly so much with the music. It's more a uh, show time, we can say. But uh, in any case, there's a really good pilot uh, that fly with the music. But uh, there are not so much 
we there are three or four pilots that are really flying with the music. The rest of the pilot uh, flight for get the more low flight possible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just keep it low. But look, I've seen you fly, and you're not flying high. You know, the, you're flying quite low as well. So um, yeah, but- yeah, of course. Uh, the freestyle flight, you must fly a little low, relative low, because if if you fly high, it's not uh, good to see, no. Yeah, and you you mentioned you do fly IMAC competition as well, uh, and how how are you ranked in Europe as far as IMAC flying? You in the top five IMAC pilots? Or? Actually, I'm uh, the European champion of uh, I'm Unlimited because I win the European Aqua Cup uh, in 2019. That it was the last year that we have made this tournament, and I win in Unlimited and Freestyle too. With Martin second in both top classes, <laughs> uh, and it was a, a really fight uh, in that time. Uh, like always, it was really nice. See, we are talking to the best of the best coming out of Europe. Uh, about and you know what's going to happen now though, because after many years of going to university, Martin Brandmuller yeah. has finally got a job, which means yeah. he can't go flying as much which means now is your opportunity to open up the gap. I don't think (laughs) his best flying days are behind him now because he can't spend the time to go flying. (laughs) Yeah. And and as as you know, when we were in China, we were were also trying to find Martin a wife. And if we can successfully find him (laughs) a wife, then there's no help and there's no way his flying is going to improve. Poor Martin. Yeah, uh, now now there is the the opportunity, no? That's right. Uh, in fact, uh, the, all always the last uh, competition that we have done, uh, I think uh, I have win uh, uh, almost the last uh, always the last contest, but uh, for really small uh, gap because uh, Martin any in any way is a really good pilot, uh, and and and. Uh, uh, a, fan, a fantastic thing is that uh, he's uh, he's uh, like me a competition person, really competitive person. That uh, he push uh, his best like me in doing the competition, not doing the training. Then, uh, well, I think the both of you. I think the interesting thing about both of the way that you approach your flying is precision is a big part of it. Even in freestyle, that it has to look clean, neat. Yeah, wings level, and so both of you compete in IMAC as almost practice to with precision, but then you take that into freestyle as well, and that's what I think uh, sets you apart from a lot of the other competitors. Is that your precision in freestyle flight is 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 just as good as your IMAC flying. It's and that that I believe makes the true champions, the, the people that can keep it nice and neat and clean and purposeful like when you when you and martin fly and when when i see both of you fly i can see why you're always so close in competition because i couldn't tell you who's better than the other because to me you're both really really good at such a high level uh that i couldn't say sasha's better than martin or martin's better than sasha because you're both flying at such a high level and so close and of course the results show that now let's talk about our china trip a bit uh 
back in 2000 yeah i like i've been to china three times now and i absolutely love going there to the to the event and so it came to 2019 and um ido segev couldn't make it to the event so we had a free spot and uh frankly who looks after us says to martin martin do you know anybody that can come and martin says Sasha Chaconi. He's the man that has to come. And anyway, you'd never have you had you been to China before? No, it was the first time for me. Okay. So tell me what did you think of going to the uh CTS competition in China? What was it like for you? But, uh, it's difficult to explain like you know it's a, a experience that you must live because uh, you, you know, sincerely, my really feeling it was this. I felt like uh, be a rock star for three days. <laughs> true. No, it's <laughs> true. The feeling. I, I always say that, you know, that I always say I'm I'm very big in China for two days a year. Um, but you were. you we, we were treated like rock stars. And yeah. the first time when somebody, or not just one person, but when a, a mother grabs the child and they come to you to to sign their t-shirt or or something you sit there going what and remember we had <laughs> uh, we had dominic with us dominic was with us and i said to him you just wait you'll be signing autographs by the time this is finished and he said no and then he came up to me and said you wouldn't believe it a mother came up with me with their with the son and they wanted me to sign something i said do they know who you are you're nobody you can't land an airplane but um yeah. yeah and what about what about things like the food how did you go with the food uh since the food it was not so so fantastic for me because you know I'm Italian then it's difficult for me to found a food better than the mine <laughs> you know uh, it's a complete different uh, style of food of course it's it's a complete another world I never seen something like this in general for the type of uh, life that they have in China and the food uh, the people and uh, the culture is fun the culture is fantastic but you know the the style of the style of life in china is not uh, for what i've seen is not so good for the measure of the people well see it's funny that it, it's very it's a very different lifestyle to what we know yeah but yeah, if you are rich people, oh, you are you are gods. Yeah. But uh, yeah. if you are medium or poor people, it's really it's, it's hard. a lot harder. And the uh, what about the freestyle flying scene in in China? Because that always amazes me how they don't really they don't have an IMAC competition, but they'll have a freestyle aerobatics competition. What did you think about the flying in in China? Uh, uh I've seen, since I've seen uh, a lot of good pilot, Chinese pilot, and, and uh, it's clear that it's going really fast. Um, but uh, 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 what I've seen is this. I've not seen a, a typical uh, style of Chinese people. I've seen a lot of good pilot that use the American or European style. I, I like it to see more uh, typical style of the their own of style. the 
of of that pilot. Well, I think it's interesting. It's, really good. it's it's interesting you say that, and you are right. You know, having been to China now three times and watching and judging these pilots, they it's still very new to them to fly freestyle, relatively new yeah. to anywhere else. So they're doing what China does best, which is look at what other countries happens in other countries that are good, and then try to copy it, and. And it's funny, the way that I look at that, because some people say, oh, it's terrible that they're copying, but that's in their culture yeah. that they see that as a sign of respect. Uh, uh, one guy said to me once when I said, hey, you shouldn't be copying other people's schemes. Like you shouldn't copy extreme flight schemes on your aeroplane. You should do your own. And he looked at me like, what? But he said, but they, people like that scheme, so that's why we do it. It wasn't because he was trying to copy the aeroplane. It's because he thought that's what people liked, so I will do what they like. And it's the same when we were judging um, in China in 2019. There was one of the fathers came up to me. The son had come second. And he said to me, oh, why did my son come second? And I said, your son is an amazing pilot. But all he did for most of the flight is fly fast and do rifle rolls everywhere. And what we wanted, exactly. we, we didn't want that all the time. We wanted some slow slow flying and different different kinds of maneuvers and different sort of flying and he said exactly. to me but but that's what people like they like seeing Jace Ducia fly like that and I've seen Jace fly and Jace can fly fast but he also will fly slow as well and do slower maneuvers and so they just saw that and what about the pilots that would literally they would copy the music and the exact flying routine as Ido Segev or, you know, different pilots. And we'd be sitting there judging going, yeah. well, it's the Ido Segev routine, you know. <laughs> but yeah. that's, I think, what will happen though over time in China is, and the reason why they have people like yourself come to China is because they will see how you fly and it motivates them to keep on going, to keep on practicing, keep on learning, and it gives them ideas. That's why that we would have training sessions at night after dinner where you and Martin would, uh, you know, share some ideas on how to fly. So I think they will get to their own style, um, but it, it could be 10, 15 years away. I think they'll still keep on copying you you and Martin and, and uh, Jace, Jason, that kind of thing. <laughs> and then they'll get to a point where they go, okay, we know how to fly now. Let's let's do our own thing. So what about – so after after we had a great time in, in China, if, if you want to see our time in China, I did a video on the Flat Out RC YouTube channel. There's a video there from 2019 when uh, Sasha, Martin, uh, Dominic Gaisu was with, with us and we had so much fun. I always – yeah. And what, when I, what I said to Martin when he said, I said, oh, Martin, who's who's coming with us? And he said, oh, Sasha Jaconi. I said, now, is Sasha a good guy? Can he have fun? He said, he's great. He said, Andrew, <laughs> you will have the best time with Sasha. And I said, it's good. And the, the other thing I loved is we all started talking Italian. Like we were throwing Italian <laughs> words. Uh, Martin was speaking a bit of Italian. I was speaking a little bit and Dominic was speaking a little bit. We had, oh, it was the best. Uh, I, I, hope we, I really hope we get the opportunity to do that all again. I try to, to learn the Italian to, to you guys. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I've been, actually, I've been saying it. I've been talking like an Italian a lot over the past few days at work. I, I say there's an Italian word when someone asks you a question and you don't know what the answer is. You just say, but. And I, say, I go, but, and they say, I go, it's an Italian word, but. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so, but then after China, what was really interesting is that we were in China together and then you, you got on an aeroplane from China and went straight to Brisbane to go and compete in a, in a competition in Australia. 
which I could not believe that you were going straight from there. And I said to you, it's going to be very different. There's going to be a lot of flies. <laughs> were there a lot of flies at the flying field? Because I think you were in Dolby, Dolby in, um, in Dolby, Queensland. yeah. Dolby. Dolby. Now, what was that Queensland. like? Yeah, in Queensland. Now, what was that like coming from China, straight from China, and then going to Australia? Okay, then uh, for me, uh, that time it was uh, a crazy trip because, uh, like uh, I've told, uh, for me it was uh, three weeks of continuing trip because uh, I start uh, to the China and to the China I moved to Australia directly without to come back home and uh, and make uh, this fantastic contest. It was crazy because I see literally two different worlds that I've never seen before. Uh, because it was completely different from Europe, uh, the China and Australia too. Uh, the Australia, it was fun because, uh, uh, you know, in China, uh, there's a uh, Asiatic culture that is, uh, is particularly uh, um, uh, visible. In, in Australia, I saw a mixture yes. of culture. Yes. And it was fantastic because I see um, England, American, and still European, and a lot of Italian too, <laughs> culture, uh, all mixed together in, in Australia. And uh, it was really fantastic. It's true. Uh, I, Everybody in Australia came from somebody else, uh, except for the, the indigenous Aborigines, but, but everybody else came to Australia from somewhere else. And... And Australia is still not a very old country, and so there's a lot of and, and and a lot of that migration from Europe came after World War II. There was a lot of migration, and Australia opened the doors, and so we had the Greeks and Italians. That's when my family came to Australia was after you know in the early fifties, and uh, and that was what what happened. And then now we've had. Uh, you know, the Indians, uh, Vietnamese, yeah. Chinese. And so the good thing about living in Australia is we've got good food everywhere. We've got so many different restaurants. Yeah. Talking to Martin and we say, Martin, do you go and have Chinese food in Austria, in Vienna? And he says, there's one Chinese restaurant. And I'm like, one? <laughs> and he said, yeah, and I don't go to that Chinese restaurant. And there's only one. But, um, yeah. but I heard someone told me that you like having pineapple pineapple on your pizza? No, no. <laughs> I, I know that you told me this. <laughs> this is this is a, a, a legend that is uh, is come to the Aaron family. Yeah, Aaron <laughs> Gal, Bones Aaron Gal. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not true. It's complete fake news. It's complete fake. I'm Italian. I hate the pineapple off on the pizza. <laughs> it doesn't work. Like, and, and you know, if you go to Italy, nobody's going to offer you pineapple on a pizza. Nobody. <laughs> no, but I, I, I really Italian uh, person hate the pineapple on the pizza because the pineapple on the pizza is American pizza. It's not Italian. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Well, the... So you came to the the competition here. I think it was was it a it was a national championships. I think, and um, you did quite well, didn't you, at that event? I think. Did you win the freestyle? No, I win the limited. Okay, I win Unlimited. the limited. Yeah, I'm a limited, and I make a second in the freestyle. Yeah, and what was it? It was was it was it really hot? Oh, it was really hot. Yes, yeah. and for me it was crazy too because. Uh, 
it was the first time that in December I felt so hot. <laughs> Usually, you know, it's winter in December in, in Italy and the rest of Europe. And now feel the Christmas uh, Christmas uh, yeah. period with uh, shorts and t-shirt and, <laughs> and 30 degrees of the sun. It was a fant- really unreal experience for me. And what about? Uh- what about the flying fields? Like, did you, did you, did you, because where you went was, you know, in out what they call outback Australia, kind of. And were you amazed at how much room we have, how much land there is? Uh, it was a uh, uh, two uh, runway on the field. It was a really nice yeah. airfield for, for me. It was fantastic because it was a big airfield with a good structure to runway and especially because it was put inside of nothing mm. <laughs> around yeah. of this field a kilometer kilometer of nothing nothing yeah. nothing from That's right. desert. Yeah. it was fantastic the only bad things that i remember really well it was the mosquito oh uh, this terrible it was so oh. terrible Especially doing the flying, doing the competition flight uh, with this mosquito that won't go inside. Not just not only in the eyes, but in the hair, in the mouth, uh, everywhere. Uh, it was a really. I told you there I told you there'd be things flying around when you got to Australia. I said it's going to be very different to here in China, but the uh, but the, what were the people like? We because I think the Gal family looked after you, didn't they? They provide yeah, an yeah. airplane, so there, there I, I, I was no, no. It was I fly oh, the, Michael with the Michael Michael Hobson plane. Yeah, Michael Hobson that have uh, uh, hospitated me at his house the okay. first uh, days that I came in Australia. Yeah. Then we we moved to Dolby. Uh, after Dolby, I I wasn't with the Aaron families for three three or four years, days. That yeah. we have make have fun with. Uh, we have going in the in the zoo in the uh, go kart uh, tracks. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have make some fun after the contest. See? It was really nice. No, nice Gal- people. Gal really nice a good people. bunch of people, and they they love seeing other. Aero modelers, and they would have loved to have you know looked after you. So, well done to them, and thank you for the Gull family for doing that. Now, yeah. So, you then go back to uh, to Italy, to the to the snow, and then yeah. Fast <laughs> no, forward. <laughs> this go, isn't the snow yet. In Italy, it's difficult to. Well, you go back to the Leaning Tower of Pisa to go for a walk and push it back straight, and then. Not long after that, COVID situation hits Italy, and it was terrible there, wasn't it? What 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 was it like in the last year being in Italy? Uh, it was really difficult period. Uh, I think so. I never lived the war, but uh, it was really similar at, at the war <laughs> because uh, you can leave your house, you must uh, lock it inside. Uh, you can't move uh, uh, a lot of time uh, you can move to the airfield to to fly it was impossible too and um, you know uh, it's really difficult um especially uh, uh, you see the people around uh, still the people around me that you see the go really down with the uh, human uh, uh, motivity, no? Yeah. Uh, you motivated. see really, 
really uh, good people that become really bad because of this situation and special of course uh, a lot of that uh, and uh, fortunately now actually we see the light uh, at the end of the tunnel <laughs> we can say we hope that is this but uh, so you you I, I was watching you on Facebook and uh, you were flying model airplanes in the front yard of the house. You were flying yeah. inside the house. And yeah. it was like you, you know, nothing was going to stop you from still trying to get out and have a fly. Of course, all the competitions were cancelled um, around the world. I didn't hear of any any flying competitions that were able to run. And even in China, they'd cancelled uh, the CTS competition. Um do you think that has the competition started to come back now in Europe or what's the situation? Since we, uh, yet last year in 2020, we have done a couple of competition in Italy and, and I know in Czech Republic too. We have done just two or three competition, not more, but something we have done. And we have done an international contest too in October uh, with uh, and a lot of uh, some some European pilots, not a lot, but some European pilots come like Martin uh, and other Austrian German guys. But uh, I think so now uh, this year we can restart uh, for some more competition, um, some more too. Uh, we have played in Italy a lot of uh, IMAC contests. We have uh, uh, already started with the contest. Uh, for example, the next week will be a contest in Sicily Island, mm. <laughs> oh, really? Italy. Yeah, and uh, we have we have an international IMA contest too that is really big uh, in September near to the Venice. So that's still going are, ahead, is it? They're still planning on running it in in September. Other the the that was is that's the yeah that's the big IMA competition, isn't it? Yeah, it's the biggest in the world, actually, yeah. in the biggest in the world. 100, more than 100 competitors. It's really, it's really big. You better win. We hope not to make it, but I think so we can do. Yeah, hopefully. Now, I've noticed also through, via Facebook is that you're getting into flying jets, sport jets as well. When did you start flying yeah. jets? Yeah. Uh, you know, I must say these things uh, before. For me, uh, I love the I love flying with RC plane with every type of flying, uh, every type of RC plane. Yes, my first reaction is the aerobatic plane, but uh, I love flying with every uh, every things. And uh, since I started with the jet uh, flying uh, four years ago, just for for a company for business not for uh, for uh, because i wanted uh, because you know the, the jets are really expensive uh, plane and it's not so easy to make it uh, uh, then uh, for my family since for me without my sponsors it's impossible to make a, a real good competition playing too in the aerobatics then i must uh, say thank you to my sponsor really but uh, in, two, in 2017 an italian company that make uh, jets plane have asked me to fly with uh, them to test it and uh, show to the airshow 
and in the event like uh, international event like the jet power in germany no? then we have started this collaboration uh still run until now uh, now we have done a new sport jet that is called the uh, next so what's the name of the, the company because i was trying to find out is rg 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 okay arg arg exactly and uh, it's specificated uh, on the sport jet company uh, sport jet plane for mm. training uh, jet, uh, sport jet yeah uh, we have done a lot of jet together now this special jet in particular this new sport jet is uh, make the, this collaboration that in fact we have put uh, my color scheme on mm. no yeah, it's, or, amazing, it's an amazing looking plane. It's it's one of the nicest looking sport jets on the market. Thank I, you I, so I, much. I, well, I, I saw it and I, I liked it so much. I started to work out where does this model come from. This is just amazing. It's because I love sport jets. I've always loved the Viper jets and things like that. And, and <laughs> it's got sort of a blend of a bit of Viper jet in that canopy area and the nose. And but the the air intakes for the turbine. Uh, are in a different spot to a lot of aeroplanes, sport jets, and I thought, oh, that's just, that's just beautiful. And then throw on your scheme, and it's just a beautiful plane. And of course, the photo of you doing the low pass with it is just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. You know, the the fly with the jet, uh, it's a little bit boring uh, for me from a point of view, but uh, from another point of view, of view, it's. Uh, it's fun because I can fly like uh, my start ages at the low and fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I, I just started flying jets and from the couple of flights that I've had, some people said to me, um, they're all excited for me and because a good bunch of guys, and they said, is that the best thing that you've ever flown? And I said, look, it's different. I can't say it's better than something else. It's different because I love flying aerobatics. And that's what I said. I said, I love flying aerobatics and the challenge of trying to fly aerobatics. And when you have an aerobatic propeller plane that is really maneuverable and a, a very broad flight envelope, like you can fly very slow and then you can go fast and it's more maneuverable, I can never get bored with that because I'm always trying to get better at something. Yeah. There's always something else that I can do. With the jet and the uh there are certain elements that you can fly aerobatics, you know, with, but it's not the same as flying an aerobatic prop plane that's more maneuverable. So your 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 what your ability and what the maneuvers you can actually do are a lot limited. You can get into like thrust vectoring and, and things, but I said, but the thing that I love about the jet is that challenge of learning how to fly that jet properly. And uh, you know, okay, I can't do some other maneuvers that I can do with with the prop plane, but how do I put on a flight that people say that was really nice to watch? And and you know, I've seen Jace Ducey do it. Um, Ali Machinchi does some really nice flights as well. Generally, you know, keeps things lower down because often you, when you see people flying sport jets, they're still flying pretty high and big, what I call big sky maneuvers. But if you can get it down on the deck a bit, slow it up a bit. That's what you don't normally see people say, that's just great. That looks really, really good. And that's why I love sport jets too, because at least they're a bit a bit aerobatic kind of thing. But do you compete in, in, in jet events as well or not? I have done some competition in the jets too in Italy some years ago. 
but uh, sincerely my opinion that uh, in general all the sport jet competition are not uh, really uh, fixed yet uh, in the rules and criteria i, I think that they need some more uh, motivated person that they work on uh, but since the competition, the, the the best competition jet are the scale jets, the scale competition, because uh, <clears throat> there are more people interested, especially company too. Yes. Yeah, uh, actually, now some years ago, I mean, in four or five years ago, the the jet it was really popular, especially in Italy, but in the, in the Europe in general. Now with uh, this situation, uh, it's uh, gone a little bit down, of course, because uh, you know the the market uh, is not uh, with the, with the COVID. The market and the economy too is gone down, especially in Italy. Then not so much people can uh, buy the jet uh, like before. Um, yes, there is still a lot of. Uh, rich people we can say that uh, don't have this problem uh, 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 buy new scale jet that are the most expensive and uh, beautiful but the most expensive and uh, most difficult to fly to <laughs> but, yeah because uh, some of them some of them look great on the ground but fl- bringing them into land you know and and i love the look of scale airplanes i, I like if it, an aerobatic plane we love aerobatic planes, but if you have a really nice scale plane, your eye is going to go towards the scale plane before the aerobatic plane because the aerobatic plane is it's a it's a plane designed for a purpose, which is to fly aerobatics. But some of these scale planes in the detail are just so interesting to look at. I don't necessarily enjoy flying them because I get bored really quickly, but um, but I, I love seeing them and. You know, my aim is with my jet is to we have these jet events in Australia where they will hire an airport, a full scale airport, and we fly off the asphalt runway at the airport. And my aim yeah. is to go and attend these events with my jet. And some of the some of the planes just beautiful to watch, absolutely amazing, amazing aircraft, expensive but amazing uh, aircraft. And it's funny in Australia, turbine flying has become more popular. That a lot of people that have, have been flying model airplanes for for some time are now saying, well, let's try jets for something different. And so we've had sort of the numbers, we've seen the popularity rise. Just looking at their flying scene in Italy, because here in Australia, we don't hear a lot about, you know, what's happening in Europe and the flying scene. You're so far away. But what is uh, the RC hobby like in Italy as far as popularity and and what are people generally flying? Uh, it's difficult to say because in Italy we have a lot of uh, pilot, a lot of uh, RC modeler that uh, fly with uh, so different uh, category: jets, aerobatic, glider, and scale. If I must say what is the most popular, maybe I I, I can see you maxi airplane. Because uh, are more easy to fly, but uh, I told you uh, four or five years ago it was the jets. Now the with the coming of the iMac, uh, this type of plane uh, is coming really popular. 
But uh, now, actually now, now with the, this uh, bad situation is uh, are back a lot of another category like gliders and um, and uh, electric pylon. Oh really? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, like you said, when you compare uh, scale jets uh, or and the aerobatics prop plane, uh, you say the aerobatic prop plane it's uh, beautiful to watch on the sky, but uh, uh, in the opposite, the RC jet scale is beautiful to watch on the ground because on the sky it's blowing because you can't do some lot of things you can do yeah a low pass but uh, it's finished there <laughs> yeah. in fact uh, for this uh, in these last uh, two years uh with uh, I, I have asked a lot of uh, customer to test his uh, scale jets uh, I have tested uh, so many jets all type of jet things that they are in the market now <laughs> Uh, and every time it's uh, it's hard because okay you must do a, a simply fly basic fly but uh, you fly with uh, uh, thirteen thousand years of planes a lot of time uh, and sometimes it's not so easy to fly basic too because uh, if you fly a F one hundred four for example it's not a a glider plane <laughs> you must fly uh, it's with a lot of tension but it's always a great experience and and other mm. is is are there a lot of flying clubs in italy there's a lot of clubs yeah uh, for example near to my home in the 20 kilometer kilometers there are free airfield are they big then or small? Are they, are they... The, uh, one, uh, two of, uh, one of these is one of the biggest. That is when I fly, I usually fly with uh, four, 400 meters of runway. Oh. It's really good for, for fly. That's a lot. Another two are uh, uh, smaller. Uh, I mean, 100 meters for runway. But uh, there's a lot of airfield, yeah. Not a how do how do the, how does how does everybody handle noise problems? Do you have people complain about the noise of the model planes? Yeah, uh, for example, in Europe now this this is a really big problem. Especially, I know the German Austrian guys that have, have a lot of problem with the noise. In Italy, uh, it's not so much a problem. We have uh, in the north of Italy, some, a lot of uh, have had the problem with the noise, uh, a lot of airfield. In the but just in in the north, in center where I live, and in, especially in the south, uh, is not so a big problem. In fact, uh, a lot of uh, friend of mine uh, fly with the stock muffler on the plane uh, without a problem. Me too. Uh, sometimes I use it, the stock muffler. Uh, then uh, did I see that? Did you buy an extreme flight laser? In, uh, yes, uh, in fact, in China, mm-hmm. when I, we was in China, I, we have uh, I have met for the first time uh, uh, Bear, the hallway of Extreme Flight uh, yeah. Well, factory. The, yeah, the factory. Yep. 
the factory and uh, we have a fluid you know with the, oh, the laser you love the laser with the, the dle 130 yeah exactly it was a, a fantastic combination it was so good that uh, both of company uh, bear and dla factory too have asked me to send me a plane with the engine in uh, in italy to to just to fly it I make it this plane just for fun, since uh, not for make uh, competition, but it's good for competition too, of course. But uh, I like uh, have a little, simply more fun sometimes with some smack down flight, really yeah. low aggressive, <laughs> but just for for make uh, more fast the finger. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but that's it was amazing. Like that pop that extreme flight laser is very popular here in australia almost to the point where it's too popular that anybody that really likes aerobatics is buying the laser and you see them everywhere but uh after you and martin both flew that that laser with that dle 130 with that extra power you just both said that it's just an amazing plane and what was interesting a year prior ito had flown the 91 inch laser and he said that was one of the best airplanes he's ever flown he said i have to get one yeah. it's just amazing and so it is. A, it is a good airframe, but I think you said that it flies like a foamy. It was just. It was too easy. Yeah, know? yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's just a one word to describe this plane, mm. and it's uh, easy, easy in everything. <laughs> then uh, for this, uh, it's really popular. I think it's beautiful too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, it's one of the most easy plane to fly, uh, and uh, one of the most easy to set up. Uh, for the competition too, not so much for the precision aerobatic. I I I speak for the small one laser. For the biggest, no, okay, it's good for for precision too. But for freestyle, it's a easy, really easy plane to to fly. You in Italy when you flew that laser, you had a lot of weight on the tail. Like I'd never seen so much lead cable tied to the tail wheel of an airplane when you built your plane what did you do did you change the cg did you move things around to to get the cg right yeah in fact after the experience with the chinese laser that they have put so many uh, weight on the tail and during the construction i uh, pushed everything on the back uh, especially the central box, the Encotec box, uh, and the, the battery, I push it uh, under the canopy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah under the canopy because uh, I I was know that uh, with that engine the the weight is going uh, uh, heavy noise, heavy noise. Then uh, during the the construction, I decided to this uh, modification. And uh, after when I flew it, uh, I see uh, perfect results uh, for the good CG. Yeah, no, it's a good plane. Now, um, I noticed that you also seem to be, you've got a business that is now building airplanes for other people. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, started, uh, uh, you know, like uh, a fun fix because uh, when the COVID is arriving in Italy, we have stopped to make a trip and competition, no? But at the start, we, the people want um, to continue buying and make a plane, no? 
But for for uh, for us, for me and my father, uh, when uh, we have uh, had more time for from the competition training, we have uh, make more time to build. Then uh, some people ask me to build this plane, uh, in specific uh, battery plane at the start. Uh, the, the things it was uh, the results it was really good the people the customer it was uh, satisfied uh, he liked it and uh, you know the um, the the words yeah a lot of uh, more people uh, here in Italy ask me to buy and build a plane I have uh, several customers and uh, we have uh, moved uh, to build another uh, type of plane, like a scale plane and jet too, not only aerobatic. And uh, then, uh, you know, when uh, you make uh, this type of service, uh, I mean, uh, I'd like to to give uh, the best service possible, just not in the construction, but in the setup too, in the programmation. And then I make the, the made in flight too of every, uh, every, every plane. I test for one or two flights to see if everything is okay, or if it's, this is something change. And then I give the plane with the cane on the hand to the customer. And uh, the customer, until now, it was uh, really happy. And we have uh, continued these things. <laughs> so is, is that basically your job now, building model airplanes? Yeah, actually, yes. Uh, this uh, with... Uh, I, I have the lucky to collaborate with uh, uh, free, another free company like uh, Cool Model, RG, and now the new company that we make uh, the new unlimited uh, iMac plane, this is the Falco Giles. Then uh, I work uh, with this free yet too. Then uh, it's a really busy period. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It keeps you out of trouble. Yeah. How, how often do you get to go out flying? Uh, in the winter, uh, since I try to go every week if the weather is good, but uh, in the summer and spring, uh, I try to go on the airfield two or three times every week. Okay. That's a secret. Yeah, I, I, I want to stay on the train always. In, I must keep the level uh, and uh, improve my level for the, you know, uh, if it isn't competition, uh, I I want to keep the training on because uh, when I restarted uh, to be ready. When you go to the field to practice, do you, uh, what do you do? Do you just fly the same routine over again or do you practice different things to improve different weaknesses in your flight? Uh, no, uh, usually I make more iMac practice than the freestyle, for example, because the iMac need a more uh, sequence routine, no, to repeat, repeat, repeat. But when I go to the iMac practice, I uh, I always do four or five flights with every time four flights of no of the limited. Every time I I try one unknown too that uh, I take from the past competition, no? I rewatch it. Uh, 
And uh, my target is to try to training every week uh, in IMAC uh, fly and freestyle two one time. But uh, yes, depend of the weather, of course. But uh, uh, we can say two time of the weeks I practice IMAC and one time in freestyle. Yeah. We can say. Are, are you using the same planes for IMAC and freestyle? Uh, actually, no. Actually, like I told you, uh, in the for the iMac, I use uh, still my Sukhoi, but uh, now I still uh, the the this new Giles too. Oh, then, yeah, yeah. From, uh, yeah, and for the freestyle now, I fly with the laser. Then uh, are diff- are really different plane mm. of of this. At um, until two years ago, I was flying the Sukhoi for everything, iMac and freestyle too. Then it was more easy to to fly but uh, now like I told you with the new generation type of freestyle that's coming that they want uh, more aggressive need a different plane for freestyle from the iMac and the iMac need uh, always a bigger plane uh, and with a complete opposite uh, direction uh, from the freestyle plane no then uh, this difference is uh, inevitable. Inevitable. Where do you? Uh, what do you hope to do? Keep on doing with your flying. You know, is is this what you want to really focus on now? Keep on uh, competing. And but have you got any goals that you're you're working towards? My goals uh, is uh, is in the freestyle competition. My goals is two things: fly with the music. Uh, Every in more possible and the fly push it precise it. This is my target. And then uh, try to use uh, the maximum ice space possible. Uh, of, of course, uh, make a different uh, every time a different maneuver, but this uh, is uh, inside of my routine, it's not uh, the goal of the competition, especially because the routine you have already done before, no. Uh, but in the competition uh, for the freestyle, my target is uh, precision and play with the music, the, ar- the harmony with the music. For the IMAC contest, uh, it's more different. Uh, my goal is try to make the best, uh, um, the, the best uh, harmony with the speed of the flight. No keep the the same speed level in every type of maneuver the constants you know you don't see the the difference from a maneuver from another's uh take uh, all the space possible uh of course the precision uh, this this is <laughs> obviously uh, and special try to make uh, no mistake in the snaps because in IMAC Unlimited, the snaps, uh, they are in every type of maneuver. Then it's that's easy, all. That's everybody's challenge around the world with IMAC. It's always the snaps. And the only, the only, the only maneuver that people will discuss is the snaps. How are you doing your snaps? <coughs> How should the snap look? You know, and and there's so many different people interpret the snap in so many different ways. It's, it's all <laughs> everybody ever talks about is. Do you have a special snap rate? Do, well, you know, how much rudder are you using in your snaps? It goes on and on and on and on. 
But, uh, the problem, yeah, the problem is this because since uh, before the snaps, uh, we must fly good uh, for the uh, geography, the geometry of maneuver and uh, air space control. This is more important at the start. But when you move in the in class category like advanced and limited, the snaps unfortunately uh, are, are the case of the the good results because if you make a mistake, you can do a best geometry figure. But if in this figure you make the the mistake in the snaps, for me in a limited in Europe means last two three or four. Uh, position place because we are there are a lot of good pilots in the Europe in a limited uh, international pilot then we are always cl uh, close with the point then uh, one one long snap can make the difference from uh, win to go outside of the podium for not is this so you practice the snaps a lot yeah yeah absolutely yeah, is the you know when I do when you do a lot of years of contests like I've done me now it's more than 11 12 years that I make competition the basic rules of the batic precision you you have got it you know the geometry the 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 speed level of the flight the same the keep the same line. You, you have got it. The always that things that change is this in this type of flight is the snaps because uh, not always get uh, the good snaps. You need the training, training, repeat, repeat a lot of time. The, this snap. Are you setting up your radio with a snap rate or are you just flying it? How, how do you use no, it? No, just with the finger. No, no mixer. No, nothing. I don't like it because. Uh, I hate to not have the control of my plane. I I need to have the control in every time. Then uh, I make the steps just with the with the finger, with my with the sticks. No, not with the program or, or, or switch. Yeah, yeah. I think the less switches. And because and, and because sorry, and because uh, it's impossible for my opinion to make a good snap. Uh, in the limited with the switch because uh, there's so many different type of snaps that uh, it's impossible to have a hole in the switch. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's true. Because I know with a lot of radios, you can set it up that it automatically activates a switch, uh, like a snap setting or a different rate when you get to the extreme edges of the of the stick movement. But um, to me, it just sounds too complex. And <laughs> it could be good for one type of snap, but it won't be good for every type of snap. Yeah. Now, Sasha, there's always one question that I finish on, uh, and it's it's what I call my signature move, and it's the it's the only question that I've sort of generally asked every single podcast, and I think I can't remember your number, I think your number fifty seven, episode fifty seven. Uh, oh, nice. And that is, uh, what has been your favorite model? Specific, my favorite model. Just one model out of, uh, in all your flying. What has been your favorite model? <laughs> Big question. <laughs> it's a really difficult question, this one. Uh, 
at, if I must answer fast, I must say you. Uh, <laughs> is the uh, is the uh, Sukhoi nineteen uh, twenty nine? Yeah, the three meter. Because uh, you know, maybe it was not my first love, but uh, after many many years of uh, flying with it and get so much uh, results and experience it's in my heart, you know? Well, you know, it's interesting that a lot of people, their favorite model is not always the best flying model, but it what it's what that model represents. So, for example, it was a model that I took to an event that I really loved and I had such a good time. And every time I think about that plane, I think about that event, you know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> it makes it makes a lot of sense, you know? You know, it, like a, a look at Edo's planes and the the plane that he won the EXFC with would be one of his favorite all time planes. Um, me, me too, mm. me too. Because uh, with the Sukhoi ninety twenty nine, I win my first international XFC, my first international victory. Maybe it's not the most beautiful. I not say that it's the most beautiful plane for me, but uh, for me, it's uh, in the heart. You know, it's. Uh, it's it's never change uh, this feeling. Well, Sasha, you are an absolute, what we call down here in Australia, a gun at flying. And <laughs> the time that we spend in China is still, you know, we're, we're friends you. for life on the back of that one uh, one, one trip. And I, I hope that we get the opportunity to do that again. It might be a few years' time, but I, I keep in contact with the guys in China. But I'll tell you what, if we get over this COVID situation and that CTS competition is on, we're there, Sasha. We're getting the team back together again. And we're gonna... I hope, I really hope so much. Me too, because uh, the most things that I miss uh, in this in these years in this period is to make an international trip. Uh, yeah. For me, it was it's a life of style. It's, yeah. it's lifestyle. For me. then I need to to restart of this, especially in the China. It was fantastic. Well, what. This COVID period makes us appreciate those times even more. And but we'll be back. You know, things are improving slowly. So uh, yeah, so I think so there. too. And we might see. Well, well, I'll tell you what'd be really great. Imagine if we had you and Martin in Australia. Oh, <laughs> could you imagine? Be great. <laughs> could you imagine Martin? We'll take him to go and see uh, kangaroos and things. I, and- I can tell. I can. I can tell you this. Me and Martin, we have done uh, the. The USA trip together uh, in 2019 before the China. Then we we have uh, it was uh, me and Martin alone in the in the USA. <laughs> it was uh, a crazy trip, uh, really. <laughs> then uh, being in Australia together too should be with you too. I think you know we might even be able to find Martin a wife maybe in Australia. I don't know because he's got this problem. When we we never were, know. We, maybe me too. Maybe me too. We never know. He, he was, well, both of you, yeah, but, you know, we feel sorry for Martin. The Italians, are, you know, they're hot-blooded. They're, they're okay. But with Martin, uh, uh, the first time I met Martin, we were trying to find, Edo and I were trying to find him a wife, and there was this this young girl there, and we said, Martin, here's a nice young girl. You can marry her. And he always says, <laughs> <laughs> and then we spoke to her, and she said, no, he's like a brother. 
And he says it always <laughs> happens. I either get into the brother category or the friend zone really, really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so we said to him, I don't know. We'll keep on trying, Martin. We'll keep on trying. But anyway, a lot of good <laughs> times. Sasha, it's been a pleasure having you on the Flat Out RC podcast. We finally got you on. And um, thank you. Really good to just have a, have a chat with you and hear your voice again. So thanks for joining me. Me too. Me too. It was a pleasure. Me too. Thank you so much, Andy. Hope to see you soon. About to leave, already packing. Come with me, I'm not really asking. We'll get away to a place where we don't know. Another episode of the Flat Out RC podcast done and dusted. Big thank you once again to Sasha Ciccone. Uh, really enjoyed. I hadn't spoken to him for, since China. And uh, of course, as I do with some of these guys, I have a bit of a chat off air. Um, before and after and uh, we had a bit of a chat to see what he's up to and make sure everything's going well in his life and, and everything is. Uh, really enjoyed talking to Sasha and uh, um, interesting to see what he's doing in, in, you know, during lockdown and, and now post-lockdown and just hope we can get to all those competitions, get them everything back up and running again because uh, uh, you know, a lot of people miss them. So a big thank you once again to Sasha. Now, if you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget, give us a like, give us a star rating whatever platform you're on you can review the podcast and review it if you like and uh, give us five stars because it helps us push the flat out rc message out there keep more people motivated big thank you to those people that are sending me messages uh and the pilot that i I can't remember your name i think it was damien uh that my brother's a pilot and he got in the airplane and someone said to him oh as andrew saw your brother i listened to his podcast Uh, you know who you are Thank you for listening uh, to the podcast. Uh, I really love hearing uh, about, you know, when people in, are enjoying this podcast. Keeps me on the right track and uh, feedback is always a good thing and always encouraged. Uh, so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Flat Out RC YouTube channel, Instagram and Facebook whilst you're at it. I'll be back next week. Another international guest. Really good one next week wait for next wednesday if you want to get your fl- planes flying right i've got the guy who's going to tell us how to do it anyway till then have a good week <laughs>